0: listening to 106.9 here on Tune FM, and you just heard Superglue by Teenage Jones, the punk-pop duo hailing from Adelaide who sprung onto the Aussie music scene back in 2018 when they won Triple J's Unearthed High competition. From there, they've been steadily taking the world by storm and have amassed a very keen fan base, myself very much included. After releasing their debut EP, Taste of Me, back in 2021, which featured something about being 16, a crowd-pleasing and show-ending banger, and Wine, which earned Teenage Jones their 2nd entry onto the Triple J Hottest 100 countdown they have continued to create catchy riffs and defiant anthems including Terrible released last year and the aforementioned Superglue which also acts as the lead single off of Teenage Jones debut album The Rot That Grows Inside My Chest to be released on the 13th of October through Domestic Lala I am absolutely stoked because I am lucky enough to be joined by one half of Teenage Jones, the lead guitarist bassist and one of the vocalists Carly Blakers. I will do my best not to come across as too much of a gushing fan but Teenage Jones have become one of my favourite bands since I came across their music last year and I have been excited about this interview for a while now. Uh, so Carly, thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It's cool to be here.
0: Ah, Absolutely, our pleasure. So we'll touch a, a few bases today, but just to kick things off, let's talk a little bit about the upcoming album. How would you describe the sound of the album compared to previous releases?
1: Oh, That's a good question. I think it's definitely got a darker side than our previous releases i think it's a lot more similar to terrible than taste of me um but yeah i think it's just us like way more matured it's definitely a bit darker it's also in a way a bit poppier somehow um and we've got some pretty cool things on there we've got like synths um violins trumpets so it's kind of just a huge mix of like everything we could find
0: that's fantastic. And you mentioned Taste of Me just then. How does it feel to be releasing a debut album as opposed to an EP? Is it, the, is it a new feeling of excitement and anticipation or is it similar to how you felt back when Taste of Me came out?
1: Um, I think it's definitely like a new feeling. It's probably like a more grown-up feeling than the feeling of releasing an EP. But um, I feel like this is the truest version of ourselves as well. Like Taste of Me was very us being young and just like trying to write whatever we could, whereas this is a lot more refined and a lot more personal and definitely more teenage Jones than anything we've ever done. So it's, yeah, I'm a bit nervous, but I'm so excited. It's going to be cool.
0: That's awesome. And where did the title come from? The the Rot That Grows Inside My Chest? Where did, uh, how did that idea come about?
1: Um, Good question. So we we were really struggling for album title. We're the worst at naming things. Um, Right. We really often stick to working titles for a lot of songs, but there's actually there's a lyric in I think it's track eight called Ruby Doomsday, and it's the last lyric of the song, and it says, "You're the rot that grows inside my chest, but I'd give you my best." And I think that's my favorite lyric from the album, and yeah, that's where the title came from. I think we. I suggested it at some point and we put it in sort of the working pile and then one day we were just on a shoot and I was like, should we just call it The Rot That Grows Inside My Chest? And Talia was like, yeah, we should. Sweet.
0: That's an awesome way of, of, of an album title coming out, especially if it's a if it's a lyric from one of the songs. And uh, moving on to the actual album artwork. So the, the cover art is stunning. Who was the designer behind that? Someone behind the scenes?
1: Uh, yeah. Um, So we worked with um, I hope I don't butcher her name, Julia McGoran on this shoot. Um, she's a Melbourne-based photographer slash just photo wizard. Like, she's amazing. Her editing style is so unique and so cool. Um, but she's done lots of stuff with Cry Club, which are a sick Melbourne band. Also, like, everyone knows Tones and I and Tash Sultana. She's done cool stuff with them. Um, but, yeah, she's so lovely, so cool. She's Italian. We're both Italian, so we got along really well. Um, and yeah, we had, we kind of had the idea of a bouquet of candy apples and one side sweet and one side rotten. And she just like smashed it out of the park and it's like exactly what we could have envisioned. So yeah, we're so stoked on the album cover. We're so happy with it.
0: I was going to say the, the, the contrast between the, the two sides is really quite phenomenal. Uh, did she, did she have anything to do with any of the the new merch designs that came out to promote the, the
1: album? Um, no, not those. We got, so we tried to work with just all our favourite artists for this release. So we had Julia on the press photos and the album art. Um, and then we had just a bunch of our favourite local designers for merch. We had Will Johnson from Brisbane. We had um, Nina Canala from Adelaide. She's one of our mates. She's amazing. We had uh, our tattoo artist, Emily, uh, Emily Saunders, I think. Um, she's so cool. So we had her do some stuff. Uh, I, I actually designed the, the one the that's the heart with the, the wings, the rot that grows inside my chest one. I designed that and we also, uh, we had a bunch of designers, but, um, and I had a mate from America. Her name's Mel, her Instagram's Slug Scraps. And we've just been like internet friends for so long. And she did a lot of, um, artwork inside the album that's
0: so, cool yeah. i'm actually it's neat that it's neat that you designed that uh that wing design because that's that's the that's the shirt that i've pre-ordered so no i, oh, I yeah. look all of the good. and all of the designs really on all the merch look absolutely wonderful um absolutely knocked it straight out of the park in regards to yeah thank you oh no <laughs> thank you uh so the third single from the album was released just last night uh, on triple j of course five things i can taste how does this song compare to superglue and candy apple
1: well, it's interesting because this song was the last song we wrote for the album, so like, I, th- I feel like it's it really encapsulates our sound, but it also encapsulates our newfound maturity that we haven't had, I guess, because we've been teenagers the whole time that we've been a band until now. So it's interesting because Superglue we wrote in 2019 and then Candy Apple we wrote in 2020, and I think they're so different, but like... Candy Apple is definitely like a newer sound. So I feel like Five Things sort of ties them the newer sound and the older sound together still. Um, but, yeah, we when we wrote it, we just like knew it was going to be a single. We thought it was so catchy and we were like, this should be a single. And it is now, which is cool.
0: It is, and indeed, our listeners will be uh, will be thank will be lucky enough to to hear uh, that particular song. That'll be the lead out um, after this, so get keen on that uh, to our listeners out there. And you actually you touched on the fact that you know Superglue was written back in twenty nineteen, uh, Candy Apple twenty twenty um, songs like you know those two, for instance, uh, Tennis Skirt Kaleidoscopes. I think Hospital Bed as well. They've been on on live set lists for a while now. So how how long has the album been in the works? How long has the the rot been growing?
1: Oh, <laughs> I like that lead in. Um, I think, well, if we really, if we do it to technicality, we. I, I actually wrote Sweet Things Rot, which is the interlude of the album when I was like 16 before I'd even met Talia. Right. So that was in like 2017. Um, but together, the first song we wrote for the album was The Closer Kaleidoscopes. Um, so that we wrote that in I think we wrote that before the EP. I think we wrote that at the very start of 2019. So, I'd say the start of 2019, and yeah, we finished recording early this year. So, what that's like four years. That's crazy.
0: Wow. Yeah. Were, were there any um, were there any songs that you thought would end up on the final on the final product that had to be cut?
1: Uh not this is literally and i'm i mean this literally our entire discography like we don't have anything else this is it i'm sure we'll start writing soon for the next release but we literally have nothing else
0: Awesome. It's 13 It's thirteen tracks. The, the two that have been released so far, or the three that have been released so far, I should say, uh, have been getting some fantastic feedback. So if the other 10 sound like that, we're in for one hell of a treat. Now, Teenage Jones will be heading out on a national tour through the beginning of November to support the album. And for people that have not seen you guys live before, what can they expect?
1: Oh, um, they can expect a fun time. Uh, we we always go pretty hard with decorating the stage. Um, I think this time it's going to be like our, the most work we've put into a tour. We're going to like try and get higher stuff in different cities to decorate the stage. We've got, um, you know, we've got me and Talia doing the two piece thing still. Um, and yeah, we've got some really cool supports. We've got Alexia. She's from Adelaide. She's amazing. Um, So excited to have her. We've got Bella Amore from Queensland. She's very fun. We met her on a show we did in the Gold Coast, and she's just, we clicked with her instantly. She's so much fun. And then we've got Dulcie from Perth, and they're playing the Perth show, and we're so keen to meet them and see what they're like live as well. So, yeah, it's going to be a fun time.
0: It certainly sounds like it's going to be amazing. Now, in regards to the set list, without obviously meaning to, to give anything away or to ask you to give anything away, will we still get to hear some of the previous hits or will it be mainly focused on on the album's releases?
1: Um, we're definitely going to play some of the previous hits as well. I think we're, we're sort of in the works of like this is this is releasing the album, so we'll play some stuff from the album, but we really want to do a tour at some point in the future where we just play the album in full so that'll be one day but for now we're still gonna play some of the old hits as well
0: no that's awesome I was gonna I was curious given that as you mentioned before you are you know writing some of these new songs um uh, there there'd be a, a difference in songwriting since you as you obviously you know grow and mature over the years is there um do you still say, do you look back at some of your older hits, uh, especially, you know, the first songs that you released by the way, Three Leaf Clover, do you still, um, do you, do you still enjoy, do you enjoy listening to them and playing them or is there a little bit of a, um, okay, yep, we've sort of done this song to death and we've, we, we've come a long way in our songwriting. Is there like a, is there a line you want to, to draw underneath or do you still get the same kick out of hearing them and, and playing them for people?
1: Probably more we've done them to death a little bit. Like, I think it it does kind of hurt my soul a bit that 3 Leaf Clover is our most popular song because I think we're such better musicians and songwriters than that. Uh, we wrote that when we were like 15 and 16. So I think we've come a long way and I don't know. I think they're definitely not off the table forever but we're trying to move away from them. So I think we're just... Like I can appreciate where we came from, but at the same time, I'm like the new stuff is just so much better and so much more mature and more us, and if people don't like that, then that's fine. Maybe they, Three Leaf Clover is the only song for them that's chill too, you know?
0: Yeah, look, and that's fair enough. And shout out to the, the Teenage Jones fan who, who got a tattoo of the single cover of Three Leaf Clover on himself on, them, on themselves. That was cool to see.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was sick. So cool.
0: Now, uh, in regard, in in addition to the the tour of the album through early November, Teenage Jones will also be supporting uh, the Foo Fighters at their Perth and second Melbourne show in November and December, along with the Chats. So first of all, if you have tickets to either of those shows, you are in for an almighty treat. That is three iconic bands right there. Now, I think it's quite fantastic considering that you were obviously going to be supporting the Foo Fighters last year uh, before the tour had to be tragically postponed for reasons that everybody knows. How did that feel, getting told that you were going to be opening for you know for for such a huge band in 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 huge arenas and did it did it feel was it just as i guess validating and exciting to to find out that you were going to be you know you were going to be asked to come back and do the 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 2023 shows after the rescheduling
1: um yeah i mean like obviously it was such a devastating thing to happen and like we didn't really feel like we could be upset because it's not really I mean, obviously we're a bit upset, but like under the circumstances, it's like of to be upset about losing a show over this would be kind of like disrespectful in a way, I feel like, because it was such a huge loss for them. Um, so to have them bounce back really quick and ask us again, I feel like that was just like you can tell that people are really genuine and lovely um, if they do things, like if they – ask the same bands again and stuff like that like I think that was just like such a show of their character and I mean I don't know them personally but I'm excited to hopefully meet them and I can like tell just through that that they're probably really genuine and lovely people so yeah we're excited it's gonna be really cool but so grateful to have been asked back again and yeah obviously it was such a devastating moment in time for them so it's amazing they've bounced back so quick
0: that's a and that's a great that's a great attitude and a great way of looking at it I think. So if we turn for a bit and just talk about the band itself, uh, Teenage Jones has uh, described their sound as juice box punk pop. A very catchy little little phrase there. Could you explain to our listeners what that means? What the juice box sort of uh, sentiment means there?
1: Um, I think like. We we sort of started calling our genre that because I feel like we don't fit into a specific genre. I feel like nowadays there's so many sub-genres of so many things. So we just made up our own little genre. And I think it kind of means like we're, we're punk pop sort of like – I feel like we're pop music that's disguised as punk music versus the other way around. Gotcha. Um, and I feel like the juice box part means like sort of – I think our our music has a very fun and, like, just, like, almost younger nature to it as juice boxes are, like, generally for children. We drink juice boxes. Juice boxes are great. Um, but, yeah, I feel like it has, like, a playful, like, younger sort of nature to our lyrics and our music, no matter how sad the song. Like, I feel like Wine is a very sad song, but it feels fun. So... Yeah, I think that's kind of what it means. I don't know.
0: <laughs> Do you have a favorite flavor of juice box?
1: Oh, I love the apple raspberry one. That's my favorite. Yep. The golden circle apple raspberry.
0: I'm the exact same. Apple raspberry all the way.
1: Yeah, it's so good.
0: Absolutely, without question. It's the perfect <laughs> combo and it's got the sweetness just right. I will always take that uh Every single day of the week now I, something I'm a little bit curious about the the actual name of the band Teenage Jones now i I have a theory that is probably completely and utterly wrong but just listening to 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 you guys' sound I always thought there was a hint of Joan Jett and the Black huts there was was <laughs> did that inspire the the name Teenage Jones in any way shape or form or did you just think that Jones was a I guess a, a cool name to go by
1: um no didn't didn't inspire the name at all, but it's cool that it kind of can have that double meaning. Um, but w- we actually got the name from we're at a town's show. They're also an Adelaide band, and for those listening, um, and they they had this moment in their set where they they were either going to play a cover or this TV show medley that they built. It was kind of just like a a mashup of all these like iconic TV show songs, and. Um, they asked the crowd, they were like, do you guys want us to play a cover or the TV show medley? And everyone started chanting, like, TV shows, TV shows. And, yeah, uh, I think the singer misheard it for Teenage Jones, and he was like, oh, I thought you guys were saying Teenage Jones. And then I just had, like, this epiphany moment. I was like, that'd be a cool band name. So, yeah, and then I, I was, in my head, I was going to spell it, like, Jones, like, Indiana Jones vibe, but... The Instagram username was taken, teenage J O N E S. So I changed the spelling to the the name, and yeah, I think it's cooler to be honest. But that's how the name came about.
0: I think it's awesome, and that in terms of name origin stories, that's one of the best ones I've heard. That's fantastic. Oh, really? Uh, do really? when it comes to to songwriting, how does the song songwriting process? Uh, work for, for for you guys. Do you and Talia sit down and and write together like writing sessions or do you write snippets separ- separately and then share them with each other? How how does it sort of work for you two?
1: Um it usually will start with me. Just at home I'll be playing around and I'll come up with like a riff and like usually like the main hook and then I'll bring that to Talia and we just like sit down and like flesh it out pretty much. We don't have anything fancy like a studio or anything. We just sit in Talia's little band room um, where the drum kit is and just, like, sit, literally sit on the floor. Um, But, yeah, a lot of the album was written like that, but there were a few songs that I think we just started from scratch. Um, But, yeah, most of it was pretty much like that. But, yeah.
0: And I know it can be quite tricky. Uh, I imagine uh, trying to decide or trying to think of of your songs as as you know as as having a favorite. I know some artists have compared it to to asking about a favorite child. But is there a, is there a teenage Jones song that has come out that you that you really do, that you really could pinpoint as one of your favorite tracks?
1: Ooh, um, I think of the songs that are out, I'd probably say maybe something about being sixteen. I think that's just like sometimes like if I sit down and actually listen to it properly which isn't very often but I just listen I'm like I can't believe we wrote this like it feels too clever for me to have written for some (laughs) reason but um I've got probably a few songs on the new album that um like are by far my favorite Teenage Jones songs so yeah excited for that to come out so everyone can hear
0: Oh, look! Yeah, absolutely, you and me both in that in that respect. I think it's going to be a it's going to be an absolutely phenomenal album uh, when it does come out. And uh, while we're on the subject of favourites, um, just because obviously you mentioned something about seeing sixteen, which you know, totally fair enough. Every time it's played live, the crowd seems to go nuts for it. Di- again, it's difficult to choose just one because I'd imagine you'd have done several, 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 several hundred shows over the years. Can you recall a particular live gig or a moment from a show that stood out as your favourite?
1: Oh. That's a good question. Um, yeah, it's so hard to pick. We've played so many shows, but I think I'd probably say one that's coming to mind is we played, I'm pretty sure it was the Gasso in Melbourne and we did like a daytime all ages show. Like it started at like three or something and they opened up the roof for us. So the sun was coming in and it was just such a beautiful day, um, And the venue was so gorgeous in the sunlight. And, like, how often do you play a venue that the roof opens up? Um, Yeah, for sure. So I think it was the Gasso. I could be wrong. But, yeah, that was a really cool show. And, like, it was for our big kid tour. Um, And I think it was one of the only all-ages shows we did. Um, But, yeah, we love playing all-ages shows. It's so cool to, like, play the younger people and to meet everyone afterwards and stuff. But that was a real standout for me.
0: You mentioned about um uh, uh, about the uh, afterwards. Uh, from the shows that I've seen you guys at, you guys are, are amazing in regards to, you know, even though you're in the process of, of trying to pack down the equipment and get everything, you know, packed up and go home because you're presumably knackered and you want to, you know, go to bed or go to the hotel or whatever but every you know whenever people come up to you afterwards and say you know oh you're amazing can I get a photo can I you know can I get a, a selfie can I get an autograph you I uh, you you always seem to be so so up for it and so so I guess, excited and willing to, to, to grant, to, you know, take those moments with fans. Is it, is it something that you guys really do get a kick of out at the end of the shows or or is there a part of you that's just sort of like, Oh, look, just please let me go to bed. (laughs) Let me let me pack up my guitars and go to bed.
1: Um, no, I mean, we love doing it. We love meeting everyone who supports us. It's like such a different feeling to seeing numbers online versus like actually meeting people in real life. And like, I mean, what I feel like, our, some of our favourite artists are like Youngblood and Five Seconds of Summer, like bands who really made an effort to connect with their fans when they were, or as they are still, just like doing their thing, which means a lot to us as fans. Um, so we've always wanted to make sure our merch was the best quality. We could make it, um, make sure our designs were wearable. Like I feel like I've loved so many bands, but their merch is just like I would never wear this anywhere kind of thing, you know? Um, so we always put in that extra effort to make everything super accessible for people. That's Um, amazing. And yeah, we, we love meeting our fans. Like people give us gifts sometimes, actually some, there was these two people in Melbourne that actually made these little like pop vinyl figures of us, which is just the coolest thing ever. Like, I don't know. It's just so, so cool receiving that. So yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. We love connecting with our fans and meeting everyone. Um, everyone's so nice. It just feels like we're hanging out with our friends, you know.
0: And look, and that is an absolutely awesome way to look at it. And I, I'm personally very grateful because the last show that I went to, I I walked away with a photo with both of you guys and a and a signed vinyl cover. So it's it, it, and it, like you said, it's 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 something that. Every single person that 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 walks away from from those interactions is going to just it's going to have absolutely made their night, which is which is awesome. Now, obviously, you um, well, both you and Talia, um, uh, sadly, teenage Jones, not quite at the level I would assume where you know where it's where it's um, uh, shall we say raking in the millions. Uh, so, in regards to blending, say just general <laughs> life. Um, you know, back in Adelaide, uh, back in Adelaide, where it's when it comes to working and when it comes to, you know, uh, I don't know if either of you two are, are doing any tertiary studies or anything, but but does it get does it get I guess surreal to think that on one hand you're you know you're part of this this band that's that's you know touring and selling you know selling albums and is going to be supporting the Foo Fighters in a couple of months, and then you know being uh, just being the just I guess being someone at home that that has to that has to deal with the, the of working and work life balance like like everybody else. Is there a level of sort of I guess two different worlds in a way.
1: Yeah, I mean it's funny you say that because I posted a TikTok the other day about how um I think it said something like when you're when the band you made with your bestie when you were 16 is supporting Foo Fighters but also you're working 10-hour shifts on Sunday and like having to calm down old ladies because like something went wrong or something. Like um yeah, on the weekend I worked a 10-hour shift at like the little cafe I work at. And there was a group of old ladies who were just like, or middle-aged, like, Karen ladies. And they were just, like, upset about the stupidest things. Like, one of them started eating someone else's meal and then got angry at me because I gave her the wrong meal when, like,
0: oh my I just God. didn't
1: know what she ordered because it was, like, 15 people ordered at once. How am I supposed to remember that? Then another lady was upset because we ran out of tomato sauce. It's like
2: oh God. when it's the
1: end of the day on a Sunday, like... What am I supposed to do? And I I was literally telling them, like, I can't do – like, what can I do? Like, I was like, we can't do much. I'm sorry. And they were like, well, I think you could. But anyway. And I was like, I'm 22. I just work here. But, yeah, it is weird in those moments to, like, be – having to be, like, customer service vibes and then just being like, my band is playing with Foo Fighters at the end of the year. You probably love Foo Fighters. You have no idea, you know? um. But yeah, it is pretty surreal. Talia studies as well, so she's she's doing the the triple time, I guess, like working, studying and being in a band. So it's pretty pretty hectic, but I mean, wouldn't trade it for the world. I love being in Teenage Jones. It's so much fun. We love touring. We love all this stuff that we're doing. So, you know, it's hard work, but it's good fun. Pays off.
0: And uh, that and that contrast would be would be quite would be would be amazing to feel I would assume and you know for Talia that would be okay I've got a gig to perform at nine pm and then I've got to finish an assignment from eleven to midnight it would be quite yeah. a it would be quite an interesting little juxtaposition there you mentioned obviously um, the five seconds of summer before because it's obviously no secret that you and Talia are, fa- are big fans of them um, uh, hopefully one day we might see a tour together who knows oh, we might see a a, dream. a studio recording of your cover of Oh yeah, it would. That would be one heck of a one heck of a of a of a double billing, um, and and you know again the every crowd I've seen uh, that I've been a part of when you play that cover it everyone goes wild. Um, so you, I'm, I bring this up because you performed at Groove in the Moo back in April, uh, which Tune FM was there. We did a, a review of the of, of the Maitland show, and on that lineup also was the Teenage Dads and Teen Jesus and the Gene Teasers, and we wrote that the Teenage Trinity was a co tour just waiting. To happen so if if they if if that was ever proposed would you be up for it would you do a would you do a triple a triple billing with those guys
1: um I mean yeah we're friends with them so that'd be fun that'd be cool I don't know how it would work because I feel like you know obviously not to get all in industry vibes but like they you often have like bands at different levels on billings that's why there's a head headliner and you know main support opener kind of thing so I feel like we're all at a very similar level so i don't know how it worked. but that's true yeah i think groove in the moon was the perfect way to like put us all together without like industry things coming coming in you know
0: yeah, yeah, for sure. And look, Groove in the Moors—it's uh, a festival that the, that I think is 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 a fantastic. Um, it's a it's a fantastic opportunity for for regional uh, towns that don't often get uh, that don't often get music acts of that nature. I mean, you know, we had who was it? We had Alt J, Fatboy Slim. We had the Chats at Maitland this year, and all the other shows we had. Uh, we've had Billie Eilish performing, and those acts just aren't going to get to aren't going to be playing headlining shows in in small in small towns. It's just not feasible. And you know, and I I, I, I quite respected um, I quite respected Groove and the Moo because it seemed like they had a really decent um, they had a really decent amount of of female led bands and artists, especially contrasting that to, you know, good things this year, but we, yeah. that's a, that's maybe a topic for another day that we uh that we could, that, that we could absolutely, we could, we could go on for, for hours about that one. But I, I, I think it's, I think that festival, regional festivals are, are, they've got a special, a special place in my heart, obviously, as someone that lives in a regional area. Uh, just before um, we let you go, uh, you uh, mentioned that, you know, this, the the rot that grows inside my chest it's it's something that's been in the works for for some years it's you know it's got songs that you're really proud of is there did was there any sort of I guess conscious influences by you know other artists or other albums that have come out previously
1: oh yeah hundred um, percent I think the two biggest album influences slash artist influences would be um, sounds good feels good. By Five Seconds of Summer and Weird by Youngblood. Those two albums, like, especially Sonically, really inspired this album. Um, but yeah, I think we had a lot of influences for this. I think Tired Lion was a pretty big influence for a bunch of stuff. Like, I was really hammering their album Breakfast for Pathetics when it came out. So um, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of influences in there, but I think the main ones would be Five Sauce and Youngblood
0: for sure. And that, that 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 certainly makes a lot of sense. It, it's clear that both of those have have influenced um, you guys. I mean, you know, just anyone on your social media could see that you're you know you're a massive fan of both of them. And there's certainly a lot of young blood in both you and Teenage Jones as well, and both Teenage Jones as well. So that 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 uh, that is not a surprise whatsoever. Um, Carly, thank you so so much for chatting with us today.
1: No, oh, thank you so much for having me. It's been sick. Thank you.
0: Uh, trust me it is absolutely our pleasure the rot that grows inside my chest is out on october 13th you can purchase it now this is five things i can taste the brand new single from teenage jones on 106.9 tune fm